And so we've been talking about signs of the times. So we're going to get into a bit of a nitty-gritty one this morning. And, um, yeah, some stuff that's obviously we've seen really escalate in the last couple of years and we're all going, what the heck is going on? We're going to get into that in a bit more deeply this morning. And I just want to um, give reference to Jonathan Kahn's book, Return of the Gods. So if you want to delve into a bit more of what I'm saying this morning, get that book. I highly recommend it. You will understand what's going on when you read that book. Because there is nothing new under the sun. It's just the old revamped. Satan, do you know what? Satan has no new tricks. He just repeats. Okay, because he's not a creator. He's a copier. So he copies our God, but he cannot create. So therefore, everything that he does, we should recognise because he's done it before. He's just repackaging it to make it look new. So our first scripture we're going to start out with this morning is Psalm 12, 8. Psalm 12, 8. The wicked walk on every side when vileness is praised by the sons of men. Who knows, we're living in a culture right now where vileness and filthiness is praised and uplifted and glorified. You just have to look at the, you know, music awards and movies and things like that to see the things that are praised and uplifted and applauded. They are all the vile and awful things, aren't they? That this world at the moment is worshipping at the feet of this stuff. And the more awful and profane it is, the better it is, right? (laughs) So we see that we're living in a time where common decency is not so common anymore, is it? It's not so common anymore. So we need to ask ourselves the question, why? What has happened to our culture? What is happening to a culture that was once Christian? is not Christian anymore. What has happened to our culture? So we're going to look at Romans 1.25. From Romans 1.25, it says, For they changed the truth of God into a lie, and they worshipped and served the created thing more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up to dishonourable affections. For even their women changed the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust towards one another. Males with males working out shamefulness and receiving in themselves the recompense which was fitting for their error, How true is that scripture today? People left the truth of our God 
and they chase the lies of the devil who's a deceiver and a liar and a destroyer. We serve the created things, all things created. I mean, look at the way that we're worshipping the environment, ourselves, the created things, animals, created things, right? Other than our God. And because of that, because our worship has been removed from the one true God, the worship has been put on other things, natural affections, have changed from how God designed it to be. It's not an accident that all this has happened because the Bible already tells us, right? So if we're wise, we're going to read our Bible and we're going to know what's coming and nothing should be a surprise to us. So moral decay in our world has increased As people have turned away from Jesus, they have filled their life with other gods. They've replaced the worship of the one true God and put it onto other things. And that's why our culture has replaced the pagan gods of the past have come back to our culture because we have removed the one true God from our culture. As Bibles were removed from schools, as families began to not take their their children to church, to worship, to speak about God, as the culture took God out of everything, Jesus Christ out of everything, it had to be replaced with something. So the gap enabled these other gods to insert themselves back. So now we see a return of Baal, Moloch and Ishtar. So I'm only just going to focus on one god this morning and that's Ishtar. Now as we know, the Ishtar, the representation is obviously there's a demonic force behind that. There's always a demonic force behind every god that man fashions. So Ishtar in the Bible is known as Ashtoreth. She is the goddess of sexuality, prostitution. She's an, en- an enchantress, a sorceress. She worship, Her worship is that of carnality. So there was, back in the day, there was temples, and there probably are still some around, temples full of prostitution. And that was part of the rituals of serving this God, was the pagan practices of prostitution. The Greeks knew her as Aphrodite, To the Romans, she was Venus. So in every culture, they had this God. And as you probably notice, oh, Carly, do you have that picture? Okay, so there's the old, on the the left, the older version. And then she's metamorphed into what we see today is you've probably seen that sort of a picture in a lot of the games that are played is actually used quite a lot. Okay, 
just so you're familiar. So that's okay, Carly. I can come down now. Um, so that's Ishtar. So she has infiltrated our culture in every way. As I said before, in the music, in uh, the behaviour of people, in the way that our culture has shifted her influence of this God, which is a demonic entity, is behind so many things. So we'll, we'll talk about the, where she was in the, in the Old Testament. In, in 1 Samuel 7.3, it says, And Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to Jehovah with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you and prepare your hearts to Jehovah and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And the sons of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreth and serve Jehovah only. So we have a pattern of behaviour with the Israelites that kept happening, if you read the Bible, it keeps happening over and over again where they come to God and they start serving Jehovah, but bit by bit, the pagan gods come back into their worship and God reprimands them. And what happens is God allows the enemy to capture his people because they've turned away from God and they've begun to serve pagan gods. So we can see that in our own culture right now, can't we? That our culture has given itself over to the worship of other gods. And therefore, we leave ourselves open. We come out from under God's protection. Our countries come out from under God's protection when the people begin to serve other gods and, and fall away from the one true God, as we see over and over again in history. Western civilization is exactly at this point, once again. Once again, we find our way at this point with the possible destruction of our society as we know it, as families are being destroyed by the fact that this culture has infiltrated every part of our society. So the house of Israel had this continual problem with returning to the pagan gods. And what happened when Jesus came on the scene? He cast them out. He cast out every demonic spirit and he put them under his feet. He put them under his feet. He cast them out. And as the disciples began to speak throughout the provinces, the culture changed. The pagan practices disappeared as bit by bit, the message of the gospel went out. And the pagan practices began to disappear out of the culture. All of the things that were normal in that culture, the sacrifice of babies, right? Where have we seen that return right now? The sacrifice of babies were unheard of anymore because the gospel went throughout the earth and the people turned to Jesus. 
But now what has returned? Exactly that. The sacrifice of babies, the sexualization of our culture, it is all intentional because this God is behind it all. And people have entertained it and invited it into their home. And the culture, the culture has changed. The culture has influenced our culture. This demonic stronghold is reaping havoc and destruction on our society. I want to give you some stats right now. 68% of young adults males use porn weekly. 18% of women. 50% of partnerships suffer due to pornography. This is real stats, people. This is because this has infiltrated. This is not an accident. This is intentional and we need to wake up to it. And we don't need to be bound to the things of this world that come to rob and to steal from us. God wants a people that are sold out for him. Amen. You know, when I was very young, I was exposed, exposed to some pretty horrendous stuff. And um, it affected me. And the unfortunate thing is that I only remembered it a couple of years ago. God, God actually brought it to my mind. And that's caused a lot of spiritual battles. People should not be exposed to, to this sort of stuff. It messes with you. It robs from you. And, and that's what the enemy will do. And he'll lie to you. And he'll get you addicted to stuff that you shouldn't be ad addicted to. And don't pretend like it doesn't happen because I know 50% of the church statistics prove that it's happening. So we know that it is. So God is giving us an opportunity to wake up to this stuff and to not let him win because Jesus has it under his feet. Amen. Jesus has it all under his feet. So our culture has been influenced. It doesn't mean the church needs to be influenced, but unfortunately the church has been influenced. And we see the church culture beginning to change to appease the culture of the world. We are here to be salt and light. Salt and light. We are not to be the same. So 2 Peter 3.3 says... First knowing this, that there will come in the last days scoffers walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of the coming, of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So the people walking around doing whatever that they want, doing whatever the flesh wants them to do, thinking that they're not going to be accountable because God's not coming back and he's not going to do a thing about it. Well, they're in for a shock, aren't they? Scoffers walk according to their own lusts. God will judge each one of us for our own deeds. And if you're not covered in the blood of Jesus, you are not covered. And it doesn't mean to intentionally keep sinning either, by the way. 
that doesn't cover it either. The goddess of Ishtar was also known as a transformer. Who's been asking the question lately? Where is all this craziness coming from? Where is all this stuff where I can be a man one minute, I can be a woman one minute, I can be a cat the next minute, right? It's all happening. The goddess Ishtar was known as the transformer. She had the ability to turn male into female, female into male, to blur and to bend and to merge and invert the two. Where have we seen this? She was out to transform the nature of man and woman to feminise males and masculinise females. Where have we seen this phenomena the last couple of years? So as you, as you saw in that photo, Ishtar is the warrior woman. She's a controller. She's not a nurturer. She's masculine. She's out to demasculate men. And all of the temple, uh, what do you call them? The, the people that served her were men that were actually dressed in women's clothing. Isn't that interesting? So it's role reversal. Everything that God creates, the enemy is out to destroy. Because he is out to destroy the image of God on the earth. Who is the image of God on the earth? Male and female. Male and female. So she has the ability to transform. She was a masculine goddess. She was not maternal. Where do you think the whole idea of killing your own child comes from? This is exactly what this goddess stands for. She is not maternal. She's a fighter, she's aggressive, and she's dominant. I never thought I'd see the day where women joined the army and fought on the front lines. I mean, fine doing other stuff, but fighting on the front lines, that was never, women were never designed for that. God never designed women for that role. I'm sorry if I'm... I'm going to insult all the feminists out there, but that's not what God designed us for. So we see all these things happening in our culture. We see men being feminised. I remember back in the 80s when I was growing up, there was a new phenomenon that came around then called the metro, metro man, metrosexual. And it was like this slight morphing of the male into wearing more feminine clothes. And all of a sudden, it was more floral, it was, it was, it was the pinks, and, the, and it was just subtly edging its way into the culture. Hmm. Culture club, yes. Absolutely. And so that, as, we, as we know now, it's, 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 you know, it's way out of control now. Um, but that was the start of it. And we hear all sorts of things spoken in our culture. We hear the word toxic masculinity, don't we? Toxic masculinity, down with the patriarchy. I want to put something up on the, on the um, screen that uh, Family Voice put up this week, and I love this. 
Masculinity isn't toxic. The absence of it is. Weak men are abusive and spiteful. Strong masculine men are protective and loving. Amen to that. Amen. So men, stand up in your masculinity and security in who you are in God. In God. You don't have to prove yourself because if you are in Christ, if you, who, you know who you are. God has created you as a protector to be secure in yourself. A toxic man is someone who is weak, doesn't know who he, who he is, so then he becomes an abuser. Most of the times in domestic violence situation, the guy will never uh, confront another guy, will he? Because he's weak. He's an abuser. He doesn't know who he is. But a strong man knows who he is in Christ. And that's why we need more strong men. But she became male in her characteristics, so therefore the priests that served her became more female, became more female. The, to the toxic masculinity, whole idea of that was the need to compete and dominate. But the sexes are not supposed to compete and dominate one another. God designed us to fit together perfectly, to fit together in God's design. But if you can remove mas re masculinity from men, you can dis destroy the distinct distinction between male and female. So I can be whoever I want to be. I'm not female, I'm not male. I can morph into whatever I decide that I want to be. And then what happens? Marriage, family, society, it all gets destroyed, doesn't it? There's no distinction. There's no mother. There's no father. The Bible is clear that there is male and female, and we are very distinct from one another. Genesis 1.27 says, And God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. He created them male and female. One of the most controversial lines in the whole Bible right now. <laughs> who, who would ever think that we would be here, but we are here. Ishtar androgyny is attested to her cultic personal, personnel, which includes eunuchs, transvestites, and during her festival, young men carried hoops, a feminine symbol, while young women carried swords. So in the old festivals, that's what happened. The men carried the female hoops and the women carried the swords. Isn't that interesting? What do we see happening in our culture right now? What festivals do we have right now that are celebrated all around the world and become a huge pheno phenomenon? Pride festivals are huge. And guess what? June is the worship of this God Ishtar. Where do you think the festival of Pride Month is? On her festivals. Everything is being copied. 
Does this remind you of what's happening today? There is a merging of male and female. Your baby can apparently decide its own sex because it can be anything that it wants to be. I even heard a crazy story this week. This is how sick our culture is, where a mother took her daughter to a vet because her daughter told her that she was identified as a cat. So she took the daughter to the vet. The vet wouldn't treat her daughter because obviously she has the biology of a child and the mother is trying to sue the vet for not treating her child. This is where we're at right now. So it says in Romans 1.24, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their hearts to dishonour their own bodies between themselves. If people continue to pursue after evil, God will allow them to do that because you have free will. You have free will to do that. So now we are seeing makeup being sold to men. That never happened in the 80s. Although we did see the start of, yeah, some, some people going that way, but not so prevalent. But now it's all encouraged, isn't it? Makeup for men, women playing men's sports. You know, it, it is, there's just a blurring of everything. The line is blurred. We are different from one another. You cannot change your gender. You cannot change your biology. There is hundreds of chromosomes in your body that will attest to how you were created in God's image. Everything in your body cries out as to how you were created and you can't change that regardless of how many things that you decide that you're going to chop off and mutilate, it's not going to change who you are on the inside. And that's the lie of the enemy, isn't it? It's the lie of the enemy and it's, and it's sad. And we're not helping people when we affirm them in the lie. We're actually not helping them because love is not affirming people in a lie. It's loving them enough to tell them the truth and to doing it in love, but to loving them in the truth. This, this spirit has permeated our culture. It, it, is in our, it is in our law. It is in our education. It is in movies. It is in advertising. It's in festivals. It's in the library. <laughs> it's in politics. It's in the family and it's in the church. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. How many rainbow flags have you seen outside of, outside of a church? on the top of parliament buildings, everywhere. We see it everywhere. So it says, God gave them up to this uncleanness. So every aspect of our culture has been bewitched by Ishtar as the gospel of Jesus has been denounced by our society. If you are a Christian, you are bigoted, you're intolerant and unloving. When we rebel against God's design for our lives, we do so at our own peril. 
If you buy a car or something, you get a manual that goes with that. If you disregard that manual and decide you're going to put the wrong petrol or take it to the wrong, get the wrong maintenance on it, you know you're going to wreck that car because you didn't follow the manual. It's the same as with the Bible. The Bible is our manual for life. If we disregard that, we do damage to ourselves. So as our culture continues to worship at the feet of these other gods, we must be wise to the times that we're living in. You're not going crazy. This is a spiritual battle. This is spiritual warfare. And this is a demonic influence. We're not, the Bible's very clear, we are not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting in a spiritual battle. This is a demonic entity. The spirit of this age is on the earth and is out to deceive Christians too. So you need to be on guard. It says here in Matthew 24, 12, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will become cold. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be kept safe. This is to the Christians. The love of many will grow cold. This is a warning for where we're at right now. Make sure you fan the flame of your love for Jesus. Because we are in a spiritual warfare. We must walk as children of light in this dark world. We are not to become part of this world, but we are to be different. We are set apart. God calls us set apart. We are the called out ones, called out of this world, called to make a difference. It says in Ephesians 5.8, For you were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We need to stay away from the wrong things. Don't straddle that line and think you're going to not get burnt. You'll get burnt. Stay away from the things of darkness. Don't mess with it. Don't play with it. Be like Joseph and run away from it. Run. Run for your life. When he was tempted, he ran. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We are set apart. We are no longer a slave to sin, but we are a slave to Christ. He has already won the battle. He has already won it. In Christ, we have overcome. Amen. So we no longer have to be swayed by the things of this world because greater is He who is in us than he who is in the world. We're not here to live like the culture. We're here to live as the children of light in a dark world, to give people hope that there is a better way.
So we must repent and turn away from the lusts of this world that only lead to destruction and they lead to pain. You need to put on your spiritual armour every day. Every day, put on your spiritual armour. It says here in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armour of God so that you may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore take to yourselves the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Put on your armour. Stand in the blood of Christ against the enemy. Resist the devil. It says again in James 4, 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee for you. But what is the first instruction here? Submit to God. A lot of us have a big problem submitting. Submitting to God is surrendering our whole life, every part of our life, every dark corner of our life, everything, our thought life, our actions, our dreams, our sin, everything. Submit to God. And then what happens? When we're submitted to God, we can resist the devil and he will flee from you. We need to meditate on God's Word daily. We need to, perhaps some of us need to get deliverance if we need to get deliverance. Because the, the devil's very cunning and we can get stuff on our life. We can put up with stuff on our life that shouldn't be on our life and we can get used to it. We can get used to stuff and we can think it's normal, but it's not normal. We need to be free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is life. We, sh we, we should not be living a bound up life. We should be living a free life in Christ Jesus, free from the things of this culture, aware of what's going on, being hope and salt and light to this world. And let's not put our head in the sand. Let's be awake. Let's be ready to help others. But let's get our lives right. Let's put our lives on the altar this morning and make sure that we are free, that we are truly free. Let's just pray this morning, mighty God. Lord, I just pray Your Holy Spirit will touch lives this morning. God, I pray that You will speak to us in this atmosphere, Lord, that we can just lay our lives on the altar this morning. In Jesus' Name I pray.
Lord God, I pray, Holy Spirit, just touch your people this morning. Awaken them. Speak to them. Lord, let our hearts be surrendered in this place this morning. Let us not be deceived by the things of this world, but let us be set apart for you. Set apart. Mighty God, that you can do a work in us, God, that we can be ready for what you have called us to in this time. If you're in this place this morning and you're like, I need Jesus in my life. I need to be set free of this stuff that's been plaguing me. If that's you this morning and you want Jesus in your life, just put your hand up. I'm going to pray for you this morning. It's the best thing that you can ever do in your whole life is to give your life to Jesus. He will be with you through every moment and He will help you through every problem, every challenge. If that's you this morning, just... Lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hand down. That's fine. Is there anyone else this morning that said, yes, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be surrendered. Maybe, maybe you've just not been living for Him and you're just like, I'm coming back, Lord. I'm just going to put my life on the altar. If that's you this morning, just every eye closed and just lift up your hand in this place and just as an act of surrender just say yeah I want to be surrendered to you Lord I want to be surrendered to give my heart and my life to you in this place Amen Thank you God Thank you God And there's an opportunity this morning to come forward if you need prayer if anything that I said this morning just really stirring in your heart you're like yeah I need to get some prayer on some stuff maybe there's some stuff from your past that has reared its head and you need to lay that down on the altar I encourage you to do that don't don't let these moments go by God wants you to deal with stuff so that you can actually go strong into your future with no shame with no hindrance on your life so that you can go forward for His glory. So there's an opportunity as we play this last song, just come forward and for anyone else that put your hand up, you just come forward during this time. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Amen. 